Welcome to the Revival Center Podcast, where you can hear the latest messages and thoughts from our church. We hope you are encouraged and blessed by today's message. What we are about to do is so very important. So let us be unified tonight in our agenda. Let us be unified in in one accord. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16. There's a physical world and there's a spiritual world. What we're about to do physically in prayer is going to affect the spiritual that's going to happen Sunday night, Monday night, and Tuesday night. So as you and I are planning for Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames, as you and I are working and we're doing all the stuff that we're doing, there's actively in the spiritual world an agenda of hell trying to stop it. Okay? So we have to pray on our end so that we can combat what's happening on the other side of that. Let me show you Hebrews 13 verse 2 as an example of the invisible world. Here the Bible talks about angels. I'm only bringing this up to you so that you do understand that whenever I talk about the visible and the invisible, that the Bible is very uh, explicit about angels, that we sometimes can entertain angels without even knowing it. In fact, it says strangers. If you're sitting beside a stranger tonight, you may be sitting beside an angel. Look around, everybody. Uh, some of y'all saying, I know this ain't no angel, praise the Lord. <laughs> 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 A little side note, what's always amazing in the Bible is whenever they do see an angel, there's, they, they always c- have fear come over them. And the angel always has to say, fear not. You know, that, that's always the interaction. And it's interesting that if you never, it, it is not a biblical pattern where people talk to angels every week or every month or every day. Okay? So if you ever see that, let that be a little red flag that that is not a biblical pattern that happens. I ain't even in that. He, Ephesians 6.12, very quickly, again, spiritual, invisible, invisible. Look what the Bible says. This is a spiritual warfare scripture. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. The word wrestle there, the Greek word literally means hand-to-hand combat. It means struggling. So there were different types of of warfare, of wrestling that happened in the Roman world. One was boxing. It was not boxing like you and I see boxing right now. When they boxed, they got their gloves. They got some glue stuff put on it. They put glass. They put razor blades. They put whatever they could put on their their fists. So when they went to punch you, it was not a little nice jab. It was meant to rip your head off. Okay, so it's very, it's to the blow. It was death blows every time. That's the image. If you were reading this back in 60 AD, that would, that would be the image that would come up. When you see the word wrestling, you may be thinking of WWE. It ain't WWE. It ain't high school wrestling right here. What it's talking about right here back in those days was with no rules. Had you walked in there and whoever could walk out won. That was the imagery That he was trying to paint for us. In other words, we are fighting an enemy that will try and land death blows to our life. We will fight an enemy who will wrestle you and oppose you with no rules of mercy. Are you listening to me? These principalities are powerful fallen angels. They're generals. They're five-star generals in the hell's realm. The power right there. Whenever it says rulers of this darkness, you have authority under the 
principalities. There's a hierarchy within the construct of hell. I've taught on this before. I'm just hitting it real quick so that you understand that when we start to pray, we're not praying to waste time. We're not praying just to go through the motions. This thing is serious. And if we're going to truly do God's agenda, then we have to touch heaven tonight. I feel that tonight in prayer. So there are these spiritual demons right here according to this verse. And I've taught on this a couple months ago. Take the strategy from hell and they work to implement it into our world. The God of this world. How do they take the strategy of hell and implement it into our physical world? Remember, invisible, visible. This is how. This is how. Satan needs people, regular folks, to agree with his lies, his deception, and his agenda. Are you tracking with me? That's how he transfers his agenda into our world. To teach it in universities and in schools. To implement it in politics and in policy. To, to, have, uh, to encourage it in movies, in songs, and in culture. So Hale has an agenda. He finds somebody on this earth who will go out there and teach that men can become girls. Girls can become men. And then somebody on the other side has to stand up and say, that's a lie straight from the pits of hell. Do you see how this thing works? So you have hell goes out there and says, abortion is not killing a child. That's a lie. So God has to raise somebody up that puts another word in the atmosphere and says, no, that's a lie straight from hell. That child is from God. That's a baby in that womb. Are you tracking with, am I making you uncomfortable? Listen, or, or, or Satan needs somebody to teach that marriage is two men or two women getting together. That is a lie. God will raise somebody up to put another voice in the atmosphere that says, no, that is a lie. That is not right. God established a traditional marriage between one man and one woman. Do you see how these opposing views happen? So hell has to get somebody to say to themselves, I can't be saved. I can't be changed. I've done too wrong in my life for God. And then God has to raise somebody up who has the boldness and the courage to say, no, God can save anybody. Anybody can change. You can walk away from any lifestyle. So you have these warring fashions that happen. And so I promise you, hell is not going to get scared. They're going to keep going, keep talking that garbage. The problem is on our side, we need more people with some Holy Ghost boldness who isn't afraid to get out there and push back against the darkness. I said I wasn't going to be long, but I feel like I'm preaching right now. We need born-again judges. We need born-again politicians. We need born-again teachers. We need born-again doctors. And, and, and hear me. We need born-again businessmen who, who know how to run a business, who know how to make a bunch of money that they can give it to the kingdom. Can I say that? Does that make you nervous? We need born-again believers. Now watch. How are you going to raise up born-again believers the way I'm talking about? It happens in the local church. Mm, here we are. It happens in the local church. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 10. To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be known by the individuals living in their house who never go to church at all, ever socialize with another human being, ever. Known by the church. To the principalities 
and powers in the heavenly places. We got some backup too. We got some principalities and some powers in heavenly places too. Verse number 11. According to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. What am I trying to say? If we're going to have born again believers raised back up in our society. If we're going to have folks stand up. It's going to happen because somebody walked through the doors of a local church. They hear a message that convicts them in their heart. They come to an old fashioned altar. And God radically changes their life. Fills them with the Holy Spirit. They stand up with some Holy Ghost boldness. And they go back out there to declare the word of God that's how this thing works that's why we're doing heaven's gates and hell's flames I'm looking for the next born again businessman I'm looking for the next born again teacher I'm looking for the next born again politician right here in our area that God is going to sanctify fill with his Holy Spirit raise them up send them back out there in this culture and take a stand are you listening to what I'm saying this is spiritual warfare this is the calling God designed the church to fight back against against hell and we can't be an army with a bunch of bottles in our mouth come on somebody how ridiculous would that look you're marching off to some war some battle and you got pacifiers in your mouth come on somebody making sure you got your bottle I feel like that's how we are sometimes we must be unified over this one thing we have we may listen listen let's we can disagree about other stuff whatever we can disagree about all kinds but the one thing that we ought to get together on is reaching the loss with the gospel of Jesus. We ought to be able to lay down our differences and make it about Jesus. If somebody is trying to reach somebody else for Jesus Christ, we ought to be able to get on board with that. God help me, God help me say this the way I feel it in my spirit. Matthew 12, 24. I'm still the invisible and the visible. Now when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. Verse number 25. I'm going to read all the way down to 29. But Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. Every city or house divided against itself will not stand. If Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. Verse 28. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. A sign that the kingdom of God has come is when darkness, devils, and demons are pushed back. That is a sign. Taking territory is a sign that the kingdom has just showed up. Possessing land is a sign that the kingdom has just showed up. On how can, or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless the first man binds the strong man and then he will plunder his house. Nine years ago, October 2012, God called me and Amanda back to VRC and he called us back for one purpose and that was to possess the land. He called us back for one purpose and that was to be aggressive when it comes to outreach and seeing lost people get saved. In fact, I had a conversation with the deacons um, 
September, I came back in October, September, I guess in August. I, I really don't remember. But it was at Harold Garrett's house, the old house, two houses ago. <laughs> and we were in the living room in there. And those that were on the board, most of them are in this room right now, that was on the board that night. I told them very frank and very plainly. And the reason I'm sharing this is because what we're about to do next week is why I came back. Watch. That was a conversation that we had nine years ago, but to me, it's like I just had it yesterday. I don't know if you're catching that. We had a conversation nine years ago, but to me, it's is as fresh as I just said it five minutes ago. That's how deep this thing is in me. But this is, I'm going to paraphrase, but basically, it was this right here. I, I told the guys, I said, listen, don't bring me back. I don't need a job. I have one. I ain't desperate. I, I don't need to come back. I got a church. Listen, I, I'm, five, I'm 15 minutes from my mama's house down there. You know, I'm, I, I don't have to be here. Okay? Watch. But I said this right here. And the reason I'm being kind of pushy about it right now is because what we're about to do next week is why I came back. I, I, that's why I'm trying to make the connection. This is real to me. And so I said our issue, <laughs> our issue. Pastor Deacon Church, our issue is not going to be about me not doing my job. We're not going to have meetings about, well, preacher, you need to make sure you're working 40 hours a week. Come on, somebody. All right, talk to me in here. Our issue isn't going to be, well, I need to make sure he's coming to the office or any of that garbage. Listen, that ain't going to be what we're talking about. I'll tell you what our issue is going to be. we got to have a board meeting to figure out where are we going to disciple all the folks that are coming into this church. We're fixing up to talk about cutting down some trees. That's, what we're, that's going to be our issue. We're going to talk about building Sunday school rooms because we're coming to possess the land. That's going to be our issue. You say that shouldn't be an issue. Trust me, in some churches, not here. Obviously, I'm here and I've been here nine years, so it's not an issue here. But in some churches, they will lie to you and they'll say they want to see the harvest until they see the harvest and it starts messing up their routine on Sunday. Don't make me start preaching in here. Don't make me get real because I can get I've been in church my whole life. And I have stories that if somebody comes in and sits in not you, Brother Ray, you're good. I mean, but okay. But I'm just saying if somebody came and sat in his chair in some places. They would be more upset about somebody sitting in this chair than celebrating the fact that a whole family just got saved right here. I don't want to be a part of that. Hey, you can take that garbage somewhere else. That is not what I'm here for. I am here to see families. All these names, do you realize all these names are people that if we put these names on here so you think they're not saved. So do you realize all these names right now that if God should not tarry and come back and demand one of their names, their lives, they're not ready to see him? That drives me. That motivates me. I will give up every seat. I will do whatever I got to do in order to accommodate the harvest and that's what this is about oh this is what it's about oh I, t I said I wasn't going to be long I got to hurry alright let me get to my main point let me show you something real quick real fast and then we'll go pray Leviticus 25 verse 2, 3 and 4 notice what happens there's a, a spiritual principle about redeeming the land speak to the children of Israel and say to them when you come into the land which I give you then the Lord shall keep a Sabbath to the Lord mm -hmm. next verse six years 
You shall sow your field. In six years you shall prune your vineyard and gather its fruits. Verse 4. But in the seventh year there shall be a Sabbath of solemn rest. For what? The land. Redeeming the land. A Sabbath to the Lord. You shall neither sow your field nor prune your vineyard. Very quickly. Every seven years don't plant anything. Let the land rest. Let it have a sabbatical. Let, it be, let, let there be a rest to it. Now watch very quickly. How many times did Israel violate the Sabbath concerning the land? Seventy times. It's interesting that they spent 70 years in captivity in Babylon. I think there's a spiritual connection. God is concerned about the land. Watch now. So now with that in mind, look at Ezekiel 36 verse 1. And then, and then we're going to be done. Almost. And you, son of man, prophesy to what? The mountains, the land. Prophesy to the land of Israel and say, O mountains of Israel, hear the words of the Lord. Verse 2. And thus says the Lord God, because the enemy has said of you, Aha, the, who said it? Who said it? The enemy? Okay. Okay, the enemy said, Aha, the ancient heights have become our possession. Talking about the land. Watch. So in verse 1, he said, prophesy to the mountains of the land. The prophecy, listen to me, was part of the plan to break the curse off of it. Did you catch that? How is God going to break the curse off of this land? One of the ways is through prophecy. Speaking to it. Why? Verse 2, the enemy is over here speaking something else. Are y'all putting this together? You have one side that comes up, speaks against it. So God says, I need to raise somebody up on the other side to speak back to it. It's how it's broken. If we keep quiet, then we're missing one of the, the, the swords that we have, which is to speak back against it. The enemy is talking about our communities tonight. The Revival Center is connected to all kinds of pockets and homes and neighborhoods. And the enemy is talking about you. He's talking about us. And he's talking about our communities in the Tri-County area. And on the eve of Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames, the devil would say, they are my possessions. The devil would say, these people belong to me. The devil would say, they use my drugs and they use my alcohol. The devil would say, they play with my toys. They are my possessions. And my question tonight, is there anybody in these communities who will stand up in the unction and under the power of the Holy Ghost and say, they do not belong to you hell they do not belong to you devil these mountains this land belongs to God and we you're coming for us we are coming for you Woo! I prophesy to our I prophesy that our communities belong to Jesus Christ. Yes, we are coming for your kids. Uh-huh. We're coming for your families. Yes, we are. We're coming for your husband and your wives. We are coming for your teenagers with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're going to be aggressive. Yes, we are. We're going to put it out there. We're not going to shy away. We're going to go and invite them to experience Jesus Christ and we are trying to convert every last soul in this area am I making you nervous yet come on somebody I hope I'm exciting you 
Because I believe this. I believe that this is our calling. I believe that we are doing the Lord's work in our community when we do these types of things. I believe it down in my core. Like a missionary called to Africa doing God's work. Like somebody called to Ecuador doing God's work. I feel like I'm called to Vincent, Alabama to do the Lord's work right here with you. It's the same thing to me. To win lost people. It's not about heaven's gates and hell's flames. It's not about building a family life center. It's about winning lost people. This other stuff comes along with it. Am I making sense to you? Look at verse number 3 of Ezekiel 36. Therefore, prophesy and say, thus says the Lord, because they made you desolate and uh, swolled swolled you up on every side so that you became the possession of the rest of the nations and you are taken up by the lips of talkers and and slandered by the people. Verse 4. Therefore, O mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord God. Thus says the Lord God to the mountains, the hills. The, he's prophesying to the land, the valleys, the desolate wastes, the cities that have been forsaken, which become plunder and mockery to the rest of the nations all around. Verse number 5. Therefore, thus says the Lord, surely I have spoken in my burning jealousy against the rest of the nations, against all of Edom, who gave my land to themselves as a possession with wholehearted joy. And, uh, and, and spiteful minds in order to plunder its open country. You must see this part right here. That yes, Satan is talking about the land. But there is a conversation in the spirit world about the land that we live in. Uh, listen, America has sent hundreds of millions of dollars in missions around the world. And Satan needs to stop it. That's the reason the attacks have happened in our country. And so God wants us to say what he He is saying about the land. Oh my goodness. Because this is part of redeeming the land. There's a conversation happening. The devil is saying one thing. God is saying the other. And we have to echo what God is speaking. Oh, let me hurry up. Verse number 6. Therefore prophesy concerning the land of Israel. And say to the mountains, the hills, the rivers, the valleys. Thus says the Lord. Behold, I have spoken in my jealousy and my fury. Because you have borne the shame of the nations. I'm reading fast, y'all. Therefore, thus says the Lord God. I have, I have raised my hand in an oath that surely the nations that are around you shall bear their shame. In other words, yes, the enemy has taken you captive, but I'm about to turn the table on the enemy. He said, speak it. He said, speak into the future. He said, prophesy that you are redeemed. A Savior has come and your sins can be and will be forgiven in Jesus Christ. I'm done right here. I'm done right here. I'm done. So, uh, 2 Peter 3, 9. Listen, we are always talking about what is bad happening in the land. Let's start talking about what heaven is talking about. What is heaven talking about? 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slow concerning his promises as some uh, count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that anybody should perish. Are you listening to me? But that all should come unto repentance. And, they, and that was written at a time when nobody in the government was serving God. That was written in a time when nobody was clapping them on. That was written in a time when all hell was breaking loose in the culture and the the society. My point is, is there is no excuse for the church not to be the church. I don't care what the news says. I don't care how you feel. 
There's never a reason for us not to be the church. Are you listening? You got to get a burden from God and let's go after a harvest of souls with joy in your heart and with faith on your lips. Yes, the devil is talking, but God is talking too. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Oh, I got to hurry. Last couple things, y'all. I'll go to that next slide. Let me show you something very, very quickly. There was a powerful revival in 1904 to 1905 called the Welch Revival. One of the stories that came out of it is absolutely remarkable. So a lot of the coal mine workers, the, the people who, who were working and they had donkeys. And the donkeys got used to the men cussing. And so as they were cussing, the donkeys, you know, they would, you know they'd cuss the donkey. Come on, man. Come on. Don't, come on. Talk to me here. All right. You know, the Donkeys don't want to act right sometimes. You might be, no, nah, I ain't going to say that. <laughs> no, this is spiritual. So they got, used to, they got used to the men cussing. When this revival hit, a lot of those men got saved. The donkeys didn't know how to respond. They were like, why aren't these donkeys responding? Because the men weren't cussing. It changed their language. Oh, you ain't hearing me. Listen. A land can get so used to hearing the curse that they don't know how to respond to the blessing. Don't know how to respond to it. Used to being beat down. Used to being last. Used to nobody believing in your dream. Used to all that. And then, and then when the blessing comes, you don't know how to respond to it. I'm telling you, there is a blessing that is coming on the backside of what we're about to do. Because wherever you win a soul for Jesus, God says that is a wise move, friend. That's Bible. Are you listening to me? So I am not ready to give up our communities to the devil. I'm not discouraged tonight. I'm very much encouraged. Because I know as long as I got this Bible right here. And I have this microphone. I don't even need the microphone. As long as I can preach then I know God will build his church. I got to hurry. Okay, here we go. I'm done. All right, listen, I, I got to skip this part, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 4. I'm not going to read it. Just go 3 and 4. Y'all can look at it. Pulling down the original uh, direct translation is demolish, destroy, and tear it down. So we are not playing footsies with nothing, y'all. We are here to tear it down, okay? I'm trying to tear it down. We hope you have enjoyed today's message. For more information about the Revival Center, visit us on the web at revivalcenterag.com.